You guys, I was really unsure if I should use this title or not, but it amused me so much that I just went with it. So bear with me. Today, I'm going to talk about the dirtiest word I know. And I, it's not a swear word, so this is totally safe. If you've got kids around, I'm not going to teach them anything they shouldn't say. But it's a very common word. And I've been studying a lot about identity over the last few months and how it relates to personal branding and what do we share and what do we not? How does identity shape our message and our communities and our lives? All this stuff. Like I've just been doing this deep dive on identity. And as I've been doing this, I've come across a word that most people wouldn't see as a dirty word. And it's super common. In fact, I've already, already said it in this intro. And it's just that it holds so many people back. And I don't want you to be one of them. So I'll share it. After the introduction, we're going to dive in. You'll hear all about it. I'm Jamie M. Swanson, and this is My Personal Brand Journey, the podcast for successful entrepreneurs and influencers who want to scale their business by growing their own personal brand. So let's dive right in. So as I've been looking into this idea of identity and how it shapes who we are, one of the books that I've read, which by the way, I had no idea was even going to talk about this, was Seth Godin's book, This is Marketing. And I was reading it just because I think Seth is really smart and I wanted to read it. And he touched on this and basically he said, and I, I love how he says this, and this one is a quote for those of you who know that I mix my words up, but this one is a quote. And he said, people like us do things like this. And I want to repeat it because it's easy to kind of gloss over what he said there. And he says it several times over, but people like us do things like this. In other words, our identities and who we think we are shapes what we do and what we think we should do. Okay. I think identity is like everything. And the more I've been learning about it and studying it for like this personal branding stuff, the more I'm seeing how it can change my parenting and like my communities. And ugh, I have so much to say about identity. I'm trying to create my thoughts on this before I share too much more. But today I am going to share kind of the first part of this. And I really wanted to share this word because I think it holds a lot of us back. And that word is should, okay? So as we're thinking about this identity that we have and we're making decisions based on who we think we are, should comes up a lot. But should is such a judgment. It's a judgment on ourselves. It's a judgment on others. Like I should really be doing this. Like we're judging ourselves when we use should. And a dear friend of mine, her name is Camille, and she's... I mean, she could be my mother. She could be my grandmother. I think she's close to my grandmother's age. She's one of the wisest women I know. And I could just spend all of my time in her presence because I just adore her. And she has faith like I have never seen. I just am so filled up when I'm around her. Anyways, she always likes to say, don't should on yourself, which I think is hilarious. But should is a judgment. It is. We judge ourselves on it. We make decisions based on it. And how we think of who we are, I know that sounds really meta, but when we think about who we are, and we all have this picture of who we want to be or who we think we are, right? It changes how we make decisions. We make decisions based on it. Like 
we think, okay, if I'm going to grow a personal brand, what should somebody who's growing a personal brand do in this case? You know, for my photographers, when they start their photography business, they say, well, what should I be offering? What should I be charging? What should I be doing as a professional photographer? Now, sometimes in some of those cases, it's a gives people a great place to start. But so often what it does is it traps us into this picture that may not actually be the best for us. And when we make our decisions based on what we think we should do, as opposed to what's really best for us in our specific situations, uh, we tend to trap ourselves into business models and strategies that might not take full advantage of who we are as individuals. So for example, when I first started my business, I did not travel anywhere. I had young kids. I was offered many speaking engagements within the photography industry, and I turned almost all of them down. I only took one of them. And the one I took was after we had had our first four kids and we thought we were done, or at least I thought we were done. My husband was done. I would have been happy with more, which he was the one who initiated the last two. So that's great. But I thought he was totally done and we were only going to have our four kids. And so I took a speaking engagement that was like two years away that we ended up having another baby for. So anyways, that's a side note. But I felt like as a good Christian mother with young babies, I should be home with them. And now I do think that there was some calling to do that. And I do think that that was a great boundary to have, but I don't think I ever really prayed too much about it. It felt like a should more than a this is absolutely totally right for us. And I don't regret it. It was a season and like, I definitely could not have been traveling a lot that would have hurt our family. I think that I could have done a few more of those if I had wanted to or gone to a conference or whatever else, but I didn't. And in large part, it was the shoulds that kept me from doing that. Another should that has kept me from some of the biggest blessings we've had is I had this weird, crazy notion that because I'm mom and because I'm the wife, I should be the one who is making sure the laundry is done and the food is all cooked and you know the dishes are done and everything is cleaned up and organized and taken care of. And you know, if you're a mom, you get the mental load. Like we have this huge mental load. We feel like we should be able to do that and do full-time work or full-time entrepreneur and do all the kids stuff and whatever else. And we carry these massive, crazy mental loads. And I have always felt called to run a business. I mean, I started businesses when I was before kindergarten. I remember sitting on the corner of the block I lived on because we lived right on the corner and I had taken gravel rocks from our driveway, like not pretty rocks, not agates, not, not anything with color. These were like sand pressed together into a stone. And I was selling them on the corner of the block. I remember I sold one to a lady walking by for a penny, another to another lady who had a dime. And then my friend, Jenny Zeller, Jenny, no, Jenny Mankestad bought one from me for a quarter. And man, I felt rich. I always had something I was selling as a kid. And when I, like, I always thought it would be too hard to run a business, which is funny till a friend of mine started her photography business. And then I'm like, well, that was not hard. I should do that too. And then I got sucked into the whole fun of running a business, but I really, I felt made to run a business. So I never doubted that. But how I did that 
was very much so shaped by what I felt I should be doing in those roles. And like, I thought I had to do that and I should be able to do all this other stuff. And it wasn't until like I'd come, I'd work on my business a long time and, you know, I'd have the kids in the background and I'd have this tension of not feeling like I could ever focus on my work and not feeling like I was giving them my full focus because I was trying to work when I was trying to also parent them. And it was just this constant tension of feeling like I was never good enough at anything I did, but that I should be able to do all of that, plus keep everything in the house taken care of. And it was just this constant feeling of falling short. And I don't believe that that's how it needs to be. And I don't necessarily believe that that is healthy or it wasn't healthy for me to be doing all of that because it wasn't that it felt like a should. I wasn't open to getting help because there was shame there because this should was there. And finally, we got some childcare. And actually, even last November, we hired a nanny and house manager. And she lives with us in our home. She has, uh, basically, she has the lower level of our home, which is great because then she has some of her own space and kind of give herself a break when she needs it. But she's right there on site with us, which is wonderful because we live super remote, really hard to find somebody up here who can handle six kids. But she um, takes care of the kids. But more than anything, she manages the house too. She makes sure all the laundry is done. She cooks meals for us. She even cooks enough for us to have food over the weekends. She creates the grocery lists. She would do the grocery shopping if I wanted her to, but it's an hour and a half away and I'm there once a week anyway. So I just pick up the groceries that she tells me to get and all of our laundry is done. And when something breaks, like our fridge was starting to act a little wonky and it wasn't working quite right. I was really afraid that our fridge was going to completely die. She found a repair person to come in, fix the fridge, and we didn't end up having to buy a new one because they were able to fix the part. And like she took care of all of it. I didn't have to find the person. I didn't have to see the fridge starting to act weird and worry about it all the time because she was there to take care of all the house stuff and all the kids stuff and like take my kids to and from so I could spend my time homeschooling my children in the morning. And then when I came home after working, because I'd work in the afternoons, and then when I came home in the evenings, instead of worrying about getting all the dishes done, instead of worrying about all the laundry and all the crap everywhere and the food on the floor, because I swear my kids will not listen sometimes and they take food everywhere because they're littles and they're bigs and they all think they can just eat wherever. Whatever. Side note. Sorry. (laughs) You can tell my little triggers. They're coming out on here. But instead of worrying about all those things... Now I could come home and I could just fully be mom. I can wrestle with my boys. I can have conversation with my girls that are bigger. I can play. I don't have to worry about all the other stuff and I can be fully mom. So I can have this business that I'm building that I love and I can go all in and work on that without distraction. But I can also have that time with my kids where they get the best of me because I'm not totally trying to multitask and work and do dishes and laundry and all this stuff. Now, I want to be really clear. My husband was a stay-at-home dad for a while, so he took care of a lot of those things. But I always felt bad about that because it just, I knew he didn't love it. Like he did great and he did it for many years, but it wasn't something that he grew up dreaming of, right? So finding a house manager was just incredible because she loves doing it. She was with her last family like 22 years. and from the time the oldest was a baby all the way through the three kids growing up. 
And she is just a lovely woman who really just, I feel like she was created to be part of a family, but she never had her own. And so she gets to do the things she really loves doing instead of working in a factory or doing some other things she doesn't love. And we can be more of a family together and not always be worrying about all the stuff I don't need to do. So basically, I hired a team member for helping with home. And that's part of how I get a lot of what I get done. But there was so much shame. There was so much shame that came with that because my family didn't understand. Like, well, you should be able to, why would you hire? Like, it wasn't the shoulds necessarily for them. It was the implied passive comments. And it was, you know, it was the the little, well, you know, how is it working out for you? Well, who's like, I didn't, can't even remember all of them. Again, I'm not good with verbatim, but they were there and they were judgmental. And, you know, part of me was like, well, maybe I should have been able to do all this. And when I finally let go of that word should, and I just said, what is best for my family? Like I had to let go of this old school identity that as a mom, a good mom would be able to do this. A good wife would be able to do this. And that was just so unhealthy. And it was just not realistic. And it wasn't the best for my family. Like I feel our current situation is so much healthier and it's drawn us together as a family. And she even came with us when we went on vacation and my husband and I got to go out and spend a day in Sedona alone without the kids, which never would have happened if we were traveling as a family. Like that was phenomenal. Like it was amazing to be able to have somebody else there to even just hold my kids' hands as we are going through the airport. Because I don't know if you've ever flown with kids, but I hadn't. And I had six of them in tow and I was terrified, terrified of flying with my family. And it was awesome. I was so proud of them. And I mean, it's not easy, but it was totally doable. And man, having her there was just so helpful. So I just want you to have the freedom from this word should. So whether it's for your personal life, like I shared here, or maybe it's for your business. Like maybe you're in a course and somebody's saying, this is how you do it. Maybe it's even this podcast and I'm sharing with you what's working for me, what's not, how I do things, why I think it's best. If that's not how, like if that doesn't feel best for you and your business, you don't have to do it. And it's totally okay. Like I see so many photographers because that's who I work with. So I use them as examples a lot. And they're like, what should I charge for this? And I'm like, what feels right for you? Like I teach a high-end model of personal brand photography and that's not the best model for everybody. And I'm okay with that. Like I would never judge somebody for not wanting to do the high-end market. I mean, frankly, there's a huge market in the middle. It's just, you can't do it the same way that I teach it because there's just too much high touch and too much personalization. And I mean, you're a team member is the way I teach it. So I really want, I know that I wanted somebody who was an expert. I didn't just want someone to take good pictures. I wanted somebody who could get me results and really help me define what I wanted to show visually, right? So it was worth paying extra for that team member who was dedicated to me. It's been awesome. Even though she lives across country, we get together in person four times a year and it was worth it. And that's not a great model for every photographer out there and that's okay. But then people feel bad and people judge each other like the high-end photographers get all scared because other people come in and are charging less and they feel threatened. And how do we compete with that? You know, they get all this, this fear. They get all this fear and they, they judge and they say they should 
be charging the same prices as me because I they've chosen to do it a certain way. And so, so many people think that if they do it one way, that's the way everyone should be doing it. That's how a photographer should be doing it in their area or they wouldn't do it that way, right? So this word should, it's just so icky. It is dirty. It is really icky because it forces us to do things that maybe we're not called to do, or maybe it doesn't fit our giftings best. Like I felt like I should blog for years. Well, this was before Facebook Live and other opportunities to create content speaking, but I love to speak. I want to be on stages. I want to be on podcasts. I want to be on Facebook Lives. Not because I'm narcissistic or something, but because I just love speaking. It's my favorite way to teach. And I've done it a lot in the past when I was in ministry. And I just I just come alive with that energy. I know some people, it's like their biggest fear is speaking on stage in front of a lot of people. Man, I love it. It just fires me up. I was created to do that sort of work. And not everyone is. And just because I feel called to do that, doesn't mean that you have to do that too if that is not your giftings. I genuinely believe that God has given each and every one of us very specific gifts and strengths that when we lean into those, things become so much easier, like so much more joyful. And not that life is all easier, any of that. I'm not going to go into the crazy theology stuff that some people might take this to. I'm not trying to imply any of that. But whether you believe in God or not, Each of us has strengths and weaknesses. And when we lean into our strengths and we let go of our weaknesses and find other people who can do that much better than us, like where it's their strength, that's their passion, everything becomes so much easier. Everything becomes so much easier and your business is going to grow so much faster because it's custom made for you and for what you want and for how you work. And man, when you can keep it simple and just lean into your strengths, it's so much more effective than trying to fill all your weaknesses. I know there's some people who say, oh, you've got all these weaknesses. You've got to strengthen those things. And then that comes because you spend all this time trying to do all these things you're not good at so that you can become good at them and you ignore your gift because you're naturally doing that well. And so you just let it kind of be what it is. When instead, you could have so much better results if you leaned into your gift and gave that all the focus and found other people to do all the stuff you're not good at. Or if you changed your business model to fit something that really gave you confidence and that you believed in. Like if you're trying to do a high-end model because some educator told you that's the only way it should be, or you feel like that's what you should do as a responsible business owner or as a good photographer to protect your industry, if should is your motivation, it's wrong. What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Like if you could take away the idea of what, whatever identity, whether it's photographer, entrepreneur, or digital course owner, whatever it is, I don't know what title you use or what labels you use for you. But if you could take away your preconceived idea of what that was, or like what the general population thinks that is and what that should be. And you would just say, ideally, if we were starting from scratch and redefining what this identity was for me, what would it look like? I think you're going to have some huge breakthroughs. So I want you to know, even though I'm sharing all this stuff with you, do what you want to do. Do what works for you. Like you have so much freedom. And I just, I want, anytime you hear that word should in your mind, or 
in your heart or wherever, when you're thinking about what you should do, should again. See, it's even in how we frame our questions. It's not what do I want to do? It's what should I do, right? We use this so much in how we make decisions, right? So anytime you hear the word should, stop yourself and say, what do I want to do here? What would be best here for me? We have so much freedom as business owners and personal brands and influencers. We can do so much. And the internet has opened up so many different ways of doing things that when you can really get clear on your strengths and what you want and how you want to do it, and you can get into total alignment with that and build a business and a brand around that, man, everything becomes so much easier. It becomes a true joy to just do what you do. And you're going to procrastinate less because you're going to be doing more of what you really are created to do and what you're passionate about. And that's what I want for you. Like your brand is going to grow automatically because you're going to be so much so like in line and in tune with everything you're sharing that people are just going to be attracted to you. It's just There is nothing more amazing than somebody who is fully aligned with what they're doing because, man, they come alive. And when people come alive, when you see somebody who's truly alive, and I think there's some old C.S. Lewis quote about this somewhere, I don't remember, but just basically about how the world needs more people who come alive. Like when you see somebody who's truly alive, it is beautiful. Like I've been watching Stu's launch, which by the time you listen to this, I think it's going to be done. But I've been watching him like his first video just came out a couple of days ago and then he did a few Q&A calls. He did two bonus Q&A, two Q&A calls, a bonus one and a planned one yesterday. They were each two hours long. So he was doing Q&As for four hours and I didn't need to be there. A lot of the stuff he was covering, he's covers in his course or he's talked about in them. I mean, I could have answered almost every one of those questions because I've studied Stu. I've been around him a lot. I know his teachings probably better than I know my own core messaging, which is sad, but true. Another lesson for me on figuring out my core messaging, which I talked about a few episodes back, but I was mesmerized and I was there the entire two hours for both of them because man, it is so fun to see somebody who is truly in their element and who's just alive. And Sue was like a little kid in a candy store, man. He was just on fire. And That kind of passion is just so fun to see. And I just, I actually made a kind of fun animated GIF out of it. More animated GIFs if you want to go back to episode three and listen to why I make those. Not because I want to get on his radar, because I definitely would consider him a friend by this point, but because I just, I'm endlessly amused by it and I'm childish. I don't know. It's fun. I love animated GIFs. And so... I did that, but it was just more than anything. I didn't have four hours to sit there and do that. I did do some other stuff, but I just could not drag myself away from that because it's just fun. And when you can find that passion and you can find what you were created to do and who you're created to be, and you can let go of all those shoulds in your life, man, people are just going to flock to you. It's just going to grow so naturally. And I know that everything is going to change. You're going to be more satisfied. You're going to be happier. You're going to be less stressed. You're going to just love what you do. And you're going to make wiser decisions for you and for those closest to you because you're not just going to decide what you should do based on what other people think. 
And it's hard sometimes. It's really hard. And you might even feel shame or guilt because that identity might be really deeply rooted in you, especially if it's something like one of your family members pushed into you when you were a kid or, yeah, we just, oh man, there's so much power. Everything we do is based on what other people think of us. Usually I shouldn't say everything, but more and more. I thought I did, I was not affected by what other people think. I still am. I absolutely still am. I don't like to admit it. And I not like I once was, like I was just as insecure as any other kid in junior high and high school. But man, in my, my twenties, I just outgrew all of it. And I thought, nope, I don't care what people think. But when, when it's stuff that I really care about, like even sharing my faith on this podcast a little bit. And I don't talk about it tons, but even just bringing it out there makes me a little afraid, which shows me I care about what other people think and I don't want to offend them and I I want them to like me and I want to belong, right? All of these things. I think that's what it comes down to. If we're really honest with ourselves, a lot of the decisions we make are based on what we think we should do and what other people will think. And the more we can let go of that and lean into who we were created to be and what we're called to do, man, it's just everything gets better. It does. It's not always easy. Not going to say that life is just an easy stroll in the park because it's not, but it is worth it and there will be joy. And man, your purpose and meaning is just going to go through the roof. So really excited to share this. It's just, I didn't mean to go on this long, but it's so important. And I just want you, every time you hear that word should, I want you to stop. I want you to say, up, up, let's rethink this, start over. And just really dream. Allow yourself to dream about what could be and not let those limiting beliefs say, well, I can't do that because that's the next one that'll creep in. Just be open to it. Say, well, how can I do this despite whatever? Despite this is what people think I should do. Despite the fact that nobody else is doing it this way. Whatever it is, embrace the freedom you have. Lean into your strengths. And when you really align yourself with what you're teaching and doing and selling and sharing, man, it is beautiful and it is going to cause you to grow. And I cannot wait to see where it takes you. All right, friend, wish I could say all of your names and insert it dynamically like I do with emails because I think that's really powerful, but I can't. So I'll say friend for now. I want to share in the next episode, speaking of leaning into your gifts and strengths, I feel like I'm finally thinking for myself after many years of just doing what other people said. I feel like I finally have the experience under my belt and the confidence to start really innovating in crazy fun ways in this industry. And I have this phenomenal thing that I'm trying for my launch that I just put together. It was just this idea. And I think it's going to be incredible. Uh, I think it's a way of leveraging. It's a marketing idea. It's a new marketing idea. And it's this huge marketing asset that I, I just had taken for granted. And I think you are taking it for granted as well. If you've been in this, if you've got any clients and you've been doing this for any amount of time and you know your your business has any any success in it, you have this same marketing tool right at your fingertips. And I'm betting you're not using it this way and that it's just sitting there unused and that this could change things. So I'm guessing this is another behind the scenes Jamie crazy thing, but I'm gonna share it with you in the next episode, how I'm gonna be leveraging it for our launch. And I know you're going to find it super valuable. And I cannot wait to see how it plays out because I think it's going to be phenomenal. I'm already so excited about what it's done. And I can't wait to share all of that with you. So catch me in the next episode. If you're not subscribed already, 
Seriously, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button now. Leave a review. Share with a friend. Help me get the word out about this podcast. And uh, yeah, with that, I will catch you in the next episode. See you there, my friend. Bye. Hey, real quick before you go, number one, if you thought this episode was helpful and you know somebody personally that would enjoy it, would you send them a link to it? That would be super awesome. But second, if you enjoyed it, I also have a private podcast just for my email subscribers that I think you would really love. Now, you can listen to it on the same podcast player, just like you are this current podcast, but it's only accessible through a unique link that I will send to you via email. Now, this is the behind the scenes look at what I'm doing in my business. It's literally my thoughts about my business casually as I'm thinking about it. So it's not after I've done a bunch of stuff and I've distilled it down to a couple of points and I'm sharing, you know, just the highlights with you. Like this is the stuff in the moment that's working, that's not. Um, I have an episode in there that's all about the problems with my offer. I have things that I've been thinking about in terms of messaging and just all sorts of stuff that's going through my brain as I'm growing this business. And I'd love to share it with you. So if you would like to listen all you need to do is go to gettheprivatepodcast.com, enter your name and your email, and I will send it right over to you. You'll get an email with a link that is yours. You can't share it with other people. It won't work for them, but it will work for you. And I know that you are going to love it. You just got to click the link, follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player, and away you go. You'll be automatically updated when there's new episodes. So hope to see you on the private podcast. Again, that is gettheprivatepodcast.com and have a great day. Thanks for listening.